0: takes a lot of courage to open up like that, to be able to kind of pull the curtain back and, and let people hear the struggle, to see the parts that are not so glamorous, and to kind of open up and, and talk about how God is healing our brokenness, how God is repairing us and putting us back together. I actually got to see Shannon the earlier service uh, at our Kernersville location this morning and to see her and where she is now is so encouraging. Maybe you can identify with that part of her story, not because what you're facing is physical, like hers. Maybe yours is relational or maybe yours is with an addiction or maybe it's a financial thing. It's an anxiety, depression thing or maybe Regardless of what it is, you can identify with the, I'm going to give it one more shot. I'm going to give it one more shot. Because you're just not going to give up. That's a beautiful thing. It's a challenging thing, but it's exactly where I believe God wants us to be. And that's what we're going to talk about today in our time together is what this looks like to open up about the brokenness. Open up about how God is repairing us and putting us back together. Now, to make sure that we're all kind of in this together, I, just so that you all feel like you're in it together, I, I thought I would kind of say something that I think applies to everybody here. I think every single one of us here are probably really big fans of deodorant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And somebody here or at one of our other locations is having an aha moment right now. And you're going, "Uh, that's what I forgot. Well, the people around you already know that. Isn't that a horrible feeling when you begin to go, is that me? Is that (laughs) awful? No, that's too much. Too much. A few years ago, here's why I bring this up. I'm going somewhere with this. A few years ago, there was a commercial, a deodorant commercial. That has everything to do with what we're talking about here with brokenness and being in repair. And this, this commercial, even if you didn't use this deodorant, you know exactly the, kind of the tagline of this commercial. In fact, I'm going to start it, and I'm going to let you finish it. Okay, here we go. Ready? Let's all participate. Never let them see you sweat. sweat. See? You knew it. Never let them see you sweat, which is odd, because sweating is actually a very good thing. It's how our body cools itself, and it's how we eliminate toxins. So for those of you that have stopped up all of your sweat, you're just one toxic cloud walking around. You smell good, okay, but you're toxic. Just thought I'd let you know. But here's what's interesting, okay? When it, when it comes to life, a lot of people live that way. It's not just about the deodorant they wear. They live life that way. Never let them see you sweat. I can't let anybody know what's really going on. Keep it to myself. I keep it to myself. I I keep this bottled up. No, no, just smile. Put a smile on your face. Mama always said, put a smile on your face and here you go. Don't let them know that you're struggling. Don't let anybody know that you're hurting. Don't let anybody know that you have questions. Don't let anybody know that you're struggling with doubts and fears and issues. Keep it on the down low. Never let them see you sweat. It's great for deodorant. It's a lousy way to live. I think it would be better for us to take a cue from AA when it comes to this. Alcoholics Anonymous, even if you don't know anything about it, you probably are very well aware of how their meetings begin and how they introduce themselves to one another. And some of this is cliche. I get it. it and may, It may not be exactly like this in every AA meeting or NA meeting, but the premise is you introduce yourself, you tell them your name, and what you're struggling with. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm an addict. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm struggling. Hi, and you say your name, and then... Because here's what AA has figured out that all of us would be very wise to clue into is that you cannot heal what you do not acknowledge. You cannot heal what you do not acknowledge, what you refuse to admit. In order to heal... Or repair something, you got to stare it in the face and call it what it is and open up about it. Now, when it comes to our brokenness, though, <laughs> and, and it comes to dealing with the, the ways that we're in repair, you and I as human beings tend to gravitate to extremes. Isn't that just, isn't that just the way life is, right? We, we like extremes. We find ourselves gravitating towards extremes. Let me, let me give you an example I don't know how you're dealing with brokenness, and I don't know how you're in repair. I don't know if it's a relationship thing, a money thing, an anxiety thing, uh, a physical health thing. But here's what we often do we either hide it or we highlight it. We spend all this time and energy trying to hide it or we highlight it. And here's what I'm talking about. Let's start over here. We hide it, pretend. Never let them see you sweat. Keep it on the down low. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. Fine, thank you. I'm fine. I'm just fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. No problems. No problems here. No issues. Got no issues at all. No, no. We have a word for that, and it's actually a cliche. We call that being in denial. Yeah. Oh, you undershare because you want anyone to think that you got issues. And Christians can really struggle with this because a lot of times Christians think we have to present this air that we have it all together because we are followers of Jesus, right? And we believe in the one who can heal. We trust and follow the one who is God in the flesh. So if we open up and admit we're struggling, oh, that can't be good. So Christians, right, in order to seem spiritual, we hide. We hide. We wear masks. I'm good. I'm good. All's good. All's good. I'm blessed. Blessed. Hashtag blessed. you good. It's all good. Oh, good. God's oh, good. And we're we're dying inside. We're we're just falling apart inside. Because we don't we, we want to appear spiritual. The problem is that's a false spirituality. Right? It's a false holiness. Well, and I know the thinking is I don't want people to know. I don't want people to think that I don't have faith. I don't want people to think that I don't trust God. I don't want people to think that I'm just a big old mess on the inside. I don't want people to think that I don't believe God. I don't want people to think, and then you fill in the blanks. But here's the deal we can already see that something's up. The people around you know. The people around you can see that something's happened, that you're dealing with something. And Here's the truth. If you don't open up and stop hiding, we'll just kind of fill in the blanks ourselves. Isn't that what we do? Right? Did you notice something was weird with her? Oh, I bet I know what's going on. <laughs> do you notice he's just kind of standoffish? I bet. Hey, I bet I know. We just fill in the blanks. Isn't that how we do? So it's just so much better just to stop this whole hiding thing and stop pretending and wearing the masks and but at the same time, don't go to this extreme either, where you highlight it, right? Over here, it's like, I, I don't got any problems. What problems? I don't have problems. Over here, it's like, all I got is problems. <laughs> My life is just one big problem. And it's like we wear our issues on our T-shirts, and we lead into it. It becomes our identity. We attach who we are to it introduce ourselves that way, and we're constantly wanting to talk about it. That's all you want to talk about, your problems. All you want to talk about is your pain. All you want to talk about is what happened to you, what they did to you, what they said to you, or what you did to yourself. It's all you want to talk about. It's called living the life of a victim. Yeah, Some of you, you don't hide. Some of you, we wish you'd hide a little because you overshare. You just overshare. And you, and, and, you know, you don't want to follow these people on social media. You just don't. And you're just like, oh, no, no, no. How long is that post? Oh, no, I don't want to know all of that. That's, whoo, TMI, TMI. There's too much, too much information for those of you that, yeah. Oh, LOL. <laughs> so we either hide it or, or, or we highlight it, and it becomes our identity and... We want up people. Oh, you think that's bad? Let me tell you what happened to me. And we get fixated on what happened to us. And all we want to talk about is what happened to us. There's a better way. Somewhere in between these extremes is where healing takes place. With all your issues, somewhere between these extremes is where we begin to experience what it means to truly be in repair. Somewhere within the extremes of hiding and and oversharing and highlighting it. It's where we begin to healthily open up and say, Yeah, I got some issues, yeah. But it's not who I am, and 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 I'm 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 getting there. In fact, the attitude of healing, the attitude of healthily open up sounds like this. I'm not there yet. I got some problems, I got some pain. I got some issues, but through Christ, I'm getting there. I'm not there yet. Okay. I'm not there yet. But through Christ, He's getting me there. I haven't arrived. I haven't arrived. I got some problems. I got some problems. We got some issues. Our marriage is struggling financially. I don't have it all together. And in my job, I have some insecurities. And yeah, yeah, I worry a lot. And yeah, I have a lot of doubts and questions. And yes, I deal with depression. Yes, I'm an addict. Yes, that, that's what I deal with. But, so I'm not saying I got it all together. But through Christ, I'm healing. Through Christ, I'm in repair. Through Christ, I'm getting there. And here's the difference. The difference is when you open up what your intention is. Let me show you. A lot of times our intention is, look at me. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me. That's why we go to these extremes. That's what hiding is all about. Look at me. I ain't got no issues. Look at me. I got it all together. Look at me. What problems? Look at me. What pain? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Look at me. Or, look at me. I'm a (laughs) mess. Look at me. I'm pitiful. Look at me. I have no friends. Look at me. I I just need constant help. Look at me. Look at me. When your intention is attention, then it's look at me, look at me, look at me. But the healthy healing is when we turn the focus off ourselves and we say, now let's look at what God is doing in my life. Now, that's not a cliche. I don't want you to see it like that. That's not just one of these Christian things to say. It really is a different perspective, and it looks like this. Yeah, I got some issues. Hey, listen, it's not my identity. I am dealing with some stuff, but I want to focus on not me and what happened to me. I want to focus and talk about what God is doing in my life because of these issues. How God is healing me and putting me back together and helping me and growing me and challenging me and making me stronger and rescuing me and pouring grace into my life and love into my life and bringing peace to my life. How God is putting me back together and repairing me. See, the intention... Then, is to draw the attention, not to ourselves, but to God. And it's such a healthier way to go about this. See, healthy people don't want don't to come across as flawless because they know they're not. But they also don't want the attention on themselves. When you're healing and then you're in a healthy place learning to healthily open up, the focus is not, look at me. It's like, let's talk about what God is doing in me and through me. Because of all these things that have brought brokenness into my life. There's a beautiful balance here. And I want to show you what it looks like in the life of Paul. The, the other um, week when I was preparing to, put, to bring this to you, I, I was going a completely different direction um, with, with, the, with the sermon, talk, message. Um, however you want to refer to what I'm doing right now. But. And then I came across this passage that I had read many, many, many times before. But it was like, okay, I'm reading that, and I'm like, okay, well, that's good to know. Well, that's good to know. But this time, it just really jumped off the page at me. And I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Let me back up and read this again. What's going on here? See, Paul had been through a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff. The guy had been through so much. Serious stuff. And I began to see that he intentionally opened up to share some of the difficulties he was going through, not because he wanted attention, not because he wanted pity. Here's my sob story. Here's my sad story. I want everyone to feel bad for me. No. His whole point was to help people understand what God was doing in his life. So the focus wasn't on him. It was on God. And I'm like, that's beautiful. Let me show you. Paul writes to a group of his friends in Corinth at a local church there. And he says, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters. Here's something you need to know. So what we're getting ready to read, Paul is opening up. We think you ought to know about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. And then he dumps it on them. Here we go. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. Some of you know what that's like. Some of you are there right now. You're at the point where you feel like I am beyond my ability to endure this anymore. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. Some of you actually feel like this is it. This is going to be the end of me. I will not survive this. This is going to take me down. Now, now, here's the deal, though. Paul was literally, not figuratively, not just in hyperbole. He really believed he was going to physically stop breathing and die. This wasn't one of those, oh my gosh, did you see? She gave me that nasty look. I'm just going to die. No. Oh man, you know, he's just giving me the cold shoulder. I mean, this is just killing me. No, 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 no. It's not that. This is serious stuff. Serious stuff. Like some of what you were going through. Some really heavy, serious stuff. He said, we expected to die. Now, if he had have stopped right then, if he had stopped right there, the conclusion would have been, come on, Paul. He's kind of a downer right come on don't this like so depressing hey you're just discouraging us just telling us how bad it is and what happened to you and what happened to you and but he didn't stop there he brings balance to this watch but as a result as a result of what of what happened to me the brokenness the the things that were going on that i needed repair in i need help in we stopped relying on ourselves and learn to rely only on God. Wait a second. Now the attention's changing. Now the focus is shifting. Rely only on God who raises the dead. Isn't that interesting? He said, I thought I was going to die, but I was like, hey, wait a second. The God I believe in can raise dead people. And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. Amazing. Which, side note, okay, Paul fully expected to kind of be in the same scenario again. He said, so he rescued us, and he'll rescue us again. Implying, and when it gets bad again, and when all hell breaks loose again, he will continue to do the same thing, which that's a good thing for you to remember. And we're not talking about that part today. We kind of talked about that earlier in the series, but that's huge. Brokenness is not a one-and-done thing. There's always something else coming down the road, right? It's not like, okay, well, I survived that, so life should be easy from now on. No, God brings healing to brokenness in our past, and something will happen again that God will continue to bring healing to. But watch, did you see the shift? Do you see the focus change? It's not about poor me, poor me, poor me. It's about look at what God has done, and he'll keep doing it. God will continue to rescue us. And then another shift happens. And he starts bringing this to the broader audience. Watch, this is beautiful. And you are helping us. Who's you? He's talking about his friends, his brothers and sisters, his fellow Christians, his fellow believers, people that are following Jesus alongside him that he has relationship with. He said, guys, and this involves you too. You're a part of this too because you've been praying for us. This is beautiful. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. This was unifying. There are few things that can be as unifying if we allow them to be as brokenness, as pain, suffering, and problems. You see, isn't it interesting? We often want to isolate, use these things to isolate each other. But Paul was like, oh, you need to know that you guys are part of this too. You've been praying for us. And you were a part of what God did because you were praying for us. So let's get excited together. Paul is like saying, guys, we're all in this together. I went through a horrible thing and God rescued us and God is bringing healing to that and God is helping me and you guys are a part of this. So thank you. Thank you for praying. Thank you for standing in there with me. I, I love the unifying nature, which kind of brings us to this next part that's so very important. It's, it's the incredible role that community in healing and in how god repairs us or let's say like this healing is personal but it's not private it's personal but it's not private it's personal what happened to you is personal but you need to know that what happened to you is not meant to be private that's why we hide it right that we think oh we just keep that to ourselves keep that to ourselves You heal best and repair best in the context of healthy community, not in isolation. And isn't it interesting? Often when our life begins to fall apart, we isolate and insulate. We isolate and insulate. We run into a corner. Poor me, poor me, poor me. Nobody knows. Nobody gets it. Nobody understands. Nobody understands what I think. Nobody understands what I feel. Nobody understands what I'm going through. And nobody knows how to help me. What? No, 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 That's not it at all. In fact, you'd be surprised just how many people have walked the same kind of road. You'd be surprised just how many people know that same kind of pain. Maybe not the scenario is exactly the same. But at certain levels, pain is pain. Pain is pain. And so all of that is very personal, but it was not ever meant to be private. So involve others. That's what opening up is about. Involve others. Yeah, that can feel a little risky, but that's how healing happens. Because let me remind you, we all see your scars. We all can tell. Something happened here. There's a limp. There's trauma. There's evidence that something happened at some point. And on one hand, people will just kind of fill in the blank. But here's the other thing, and this is dangerous. This is sad. And it happens way too often. If you don't healthily open up about what God is doing in your life, there will be people that look at you and assume you have it all together, which you don't, but they will assume that you have it all together and they are all alone because you can't identify with them and nobody can identify with them. And listen, not only do you not want to feel alone, you don't want other people to feel alone because you won't open up and share. Hey, me too. Us too. See, it's so personal, but, oh, man, it could not be further in private. Open up. Now, you can't open up to everyone. And you can't open up, first of all, you can't open up to everyone because we don't have time for all that. Okay? Now, think about it, right? That's, that's the oversharing, when you're opening up to everyone. You're like, eh, thanks. And you can't open up to just anyone because some people you can't trust. You can't trust that kind of information just with anybody. But you got to open up to someone. can't open up to everyone. You can't open up to just anyone. But you must open up to someone. Be wise about it. It doesn't mean, dude, that you just go down to the office and dump your, you know, spill your guts on that gal down at the office. First of all, it's dishonoring your wife. You be careful with that. And it doesn't mean, ladies, you just go down to the office and just, here's this guy that'll listen to my husband. He don't get me, so I'm just going to, you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. You need to use wisdom. Let me give you the healthy, the healthy context in the context of a local church where you can open up. That's what small groups are for. That's what small groups are great for. In the safety of a group, you can say, this is what I'm struggling with, and this is what I've been through. And you'll be surprised how around the table or around the living room as one person after another says, here's what I'm facing. Here's what I'm working through. Here's what happened. But this is what God is doing. And this is what God is showing me. And this is what God is teaching me. And this is how God is growing me. Then person by person by person, there's going to be this light bulb moment. to are like, yes, me too. Yes, us too. You know what? I thought I was the only one. I thought I was alone. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's a beautiful thing. We realize this is not private. A few weeks ago, I was made aware of something that I didn't know existed. And I don't know how I made it my whole 25 years of adulthood here. Um, Go ahead. I said adulthood, which means... Yeah, anyway, I'm older than I look. I don't know how I made it this far into my life without knowing this and seeing this. This just, is just huge, and the more I looked into it, it's like it's everywhere, and you probably know this. You, you probably, what I'm getting ready to share with you, you're probably like, oh, yeah, yeah, we know that, we know that. Someone introduced me, actually one of our young staff members, when they knew that this is kind of the direction I was going, she came up to me and she said, do you know about the Japanese art form of kitsugi? Kintsugi. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I hope hope I'm not getting that wrong. Kintsugi. In kintsugi, they break pottery. They take broken pottery. And, and, And then with a latex resin adhesive type mixture, they mix in that adhesive powdered gold, powdered silver, or powdered platinum and they put this pottery back together in such a way that the powdered gold and silver and platinum highlights the scars in just a way that brings great value and beauty to it. In fact, let me show you a picture. It would be easier for you to see it. Look at that. Isn't this beautiful? See that gold? Now, if you look at that and you're like, that's amazing. I didn't even know this existed. This is more valuable now, hang with me, than it was before it got all busted up and put back together. This, because of Kintsugi, is actually more beautiful than it would be flawless. Here's the other thing. Do you know that means somebody's job is to bust up pots? <laughs> what a cool job that is, right? You go to work every day, and you have no anger, right? You go to work every day, and you just break stuff, right? Like, break this up, because we've got to put this together today. And so they break it on purpose. Get this. They break it on purpose so that when it's put back together, it displays a greater beauty a greater value than before. Could it be, could it be, that the brokenness that you have experienced in your life, God has allowed so that, so that when he's finished putting you back together, it's like Kintsugi. You're worth more now than you were before that happened to you. You're more valuable now. You're you're actually more mature now. You've learned more now because you've been a recipient of the investments of God's grace through the pain, through the problems, through the brokenness, through the issues. Now you're in repair. And now you look like this. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? We try so hard to avoid opening up and saying, yeah, I did go through that. Yep, I did make that mistake. Yep, I screwed up. We try to avoid it. But what if we opened up in a healthy way, not, be, not to make it our identity, no, and certainly not to hide it. But we open up a healthy way and we experience God's grace and allow him to help us put on display what he is doing in our lives because of what we did Yeah, open up. This is what happened to me. This is what they did. This is how they treated me. This is what they said. Not not so that you can let that become your identity. No, 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 no. But so that you can put on display how God is putting you back together. The investments of his grace. Beautiful. Beautiful. Let me help you see this a different way. In fact, I I want to do something that I I hope involves all of us. So just go with me for the next few minutes. I I want to help you internalize in a vivid way how God is healing you. And I want to help you open up about it. I I want to help you open up in the next few minutes. Open up to say not this is just what happened to me, but this is what God is doing and this is evidence of the kintsugi that God is doing in my life to put me back together. So here's, here's what we're going to do. In a moment, in just a little bit, not right now, but in just a little bit, I'm going to start reading some descriptions of, of how we deal with brokenness and some things that maybe are happening in your life and my life. And if I read something that describes you that you can identify with, then when I'm done reading the descriptions, I'm going to ask all of us that this applies to, to stand. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to read a description, and if it applies to you, in, in, a, in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to stand right here in front of God and everybody. I know some of you are thinking, uh, no. <laughs> trust me. Just, just trust me, okay? I want you to think about your brokenness, how you're in repair and if these things describe you. If you're cancer-free, or if you still have cancer, but you're fighting, in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to stand if you're celebrating another year sober, or another month sober. Or, I'm going to ask you to stand in just a few minutes if you've recently relapsed, but you're getting help. I'm going to ask you to stand if your marriage is stronger than it ever has been or if your marriage is struggling and you're not sure how it's going to turn out, but you're not giving up. I'm going to ask you to stand if you're less lonely than you used to be. See, we're talking about evidences of how God is repairing us how God is healing us, how God is putting us back together. I'm going to ask you to stand if you have more joy than you used to have. I'm going to ask you to stand if you have less anxiety and less depression than you used to have. Or I'm also going to ask you to stand if you're still anxious and you're still dealing with depression, but you're still here and you're not giving up. I'm going to ask you to stand if you're in counseling for anything, for anything. If you're making progress financially and you're digging out of the hole, or if things are really rough and you're struggling, but you're determined that you're going to make it through it, I'm going to ask you to stand if you're less angry than you used to be, or if you're more patient, or if you're loving better now, if you're learning how to love better, if, if you're beginning to get the hang of this thing and... You're about ready to take the training wheels off. I'm going to ask you to stand if you see purpose in your pain. And maybe it's barely there, but you're beginning to see it. Oh, wait a second. Maybe there's a bigger picture here. I'm going to ask you to stand if you're hopeful when you look into the future. Or I'm going to ask you to stand if when you look into the future, you're fearful, but you're learning to worry less and trust more. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you are a worried mess, but you're praying your way through it, I'm going to ask you to stand in just a few minutes if you're learning what it means to forgive. Or if you're learning what it means To be forgiven. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you are better off than you thought you would be at this point in time, looking back, and looking back, looking forward, looking back, you never thought you'd be here. And if you're better off than you thought you would be at this point, and you didn't think you would be where you are now, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'm also going to ask you to stand if you're certainly not where you want to be. If you look at your life and say, I'm not happy with where I'm at but I'm not gonna give up. If I just described you in any way in the last few moments, I want you to stand. At all of our locations, I want you to stand. Look around. This is us opening up. You're not alone. And I'm not either. This is a beautiful thing. This, my friends, is kintsugi. Yeah, look at the evidence of what God is doing. No, I know you're thinking, oh, I wonder what, I wonder why she stood. I wonder why, oh, just wonder on, wonder on. We're gonna keep opening up together. And this is a beautiful thing. You are not alone. In fact, let's end our time kind of declaring this together. Here's what I want us to say together. I'm gonna say it and you repeat it after me. We're not there yet. But through Christ, but through Christ we're, getting we're getting there. See, that's the attitude. One more time. We're not there yet. Not there yet. But through Christ, but through Christ we're, getting we're getting there. Let's pray. Father, we acknowledge there's no need to hide, no need to pretend. So help us have the strength to stop all that. And we're not there yet. We're in process, healing, mending, growing, changing. And may we submit ourselves to the process. But at the same time, help us to be careful not to wear it on our sleeve and attach our identity to it. Because through Christ, through your power, we're making progress. We're healing. We're repairing. Some people are experiencing brokenness because of what has been done to them. Other people are experiencing brokenness because of what they've done to themselves. Yes, that's so difficult. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to have pain. It doesn't mean there's not going to be consequences to our actions. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to have struggles. But what this does mean is that you are repairing us and bringing healing to us through all of that. So we thank you for the kitsugi you do on our souls. So may we open up in a healthy way and an encouraging way. And may this unify us and bring us together and help us to know we're not alone. We're not alone. That we're a part of a family that is healing together. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.